Let's go. Escobar on the beat. King Legend Talks. Fire Radio. 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 King Legend Talks. Rogers, how you doing today, my brother? What's going on, brother? Just working hard as always, man. I, I was kind of disappointed with it and get on live earlier, but it worked out. Probably the people who are on right now are the ones that needed to be on here. So, absolutely, I feel the same way, man. I was like sitting over here. Honestly, I'm gonna be real with you. I got on TikTok for a little bit, and I was just waiting on that live, and I was just sitting there listening to my praise. My music, because I DJ on TikTok every once in a while, just playing all my gospel songs for everyone. And mm -hmm. I got up there and I said, I'm going to just keep playing it. I'm going to just try it again. Then someone in my life said, go try it right now. I went over here and I tried it and started working, y'all. So now we back and we here. Like we ain't never left. So go ahead and introduce yourself for the people that may not know who you are for the podcast. Uh What's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Marcus Rogers. Um, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I've got a church um, in Chicago that we opened recently. Uh, I was in the Army for about 13 years, deployed to Iraq, deployed to Afghanistan. Uh, ain't pretty much not too much I ain't done in my life. I've been poor, lived in a shelter, traveled all over the place. So, I mean, pretty much anything you can think of. I've been divorced. I've been married. I've just... There's nothing really that surprises me too much. Uh, matter of fact, in Virginia, man, I got in a shootout a couple years and uh, leaving that club, the alley. So I'm very familiar with Virginia. I was there for like 11 years. Um, and now I'm just living for God, man, trying to make a difference in this world. You know, love on people, inspire people, encourage people, but also, you know, speak hard truths that a lot of people don't want to speak anymore. So that's facts. Definitely. You know, um, the truth is, it's something that's very rare nowadays. You know, I'm finding that as time goes on, the truth is becoming more and more blurry and the lies are becoming more and more clear. Um, a lot of times what you see now is headlines. It's not really the true story of the events that really took place. And they are manipulating. There's a lot of manipulation going on of emotions nowadays. And a lot of people are getting played 
you know, they're playing right into the system and and, and they're just not really thinking on their own anymore. Not honestly, probably, you know, people aren't thinking for themselves anymore. Um, in 2022, what are some of the things that you observe that is uh, might be a little disturbing to you at this time? I mean, it's, it's a lot of things. Um, I got to be kind of careful, I guess, what we talk about on IG because we'll mess around and get flagged. But, you know, the Bible literally says that, you know, in the last days, there'll be a strong delusion, you know. Uh, and the Bible also says that the God of this world, you know, will blind the people's minds. So, like, if you're not in Christ, you, you're subject to whatever the world is doing. And so the Bible says broad is the way that leads to destruction, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And really, you can, you can put that on anything. A lot of people don't study. A lot of people don't research because of the way the Internet is and things like that. People just want information really quick. And then the news, right? The news used to be objective. They actually tried to re uh, do some research, get mm -hmm. their facts straight, and then report, you know, way back in the day. But right. now, because of social media, because of the internet, everybody just wants to be first. They want to make headlines. They want to make money. And so it's just, it's so important to study for yourself, to research for yourself. Uh, I think probably the biggest thing that kills me is just double standards. Like, the media will tell you, you know, who to love, who to hate, who to crucify, who to cancel, who to give a pass. And it's just, it's a bunch of fake stuff. And to me personally, most of the people that claim to be real, they're not mm. as real as they say. And then when they actually sit down and talk to somebody who's real, who's going to hold their feet to the fire, who's going to talk facts over feelings, they get mad. You know what I'm saying? They want to shut you up. They want to silence you. That's big. Y'all heard what he just said. He said facts over feelings. That's a big deal, man. Can you go into a little bit more detail? What do you mean by that? Facts over feelings. Uh, I mean, a lot of times I feel like if people would just, you know, do the research for themselves. I'll put. I'll use this example, right? Because I want to be careful what I say for to the Instagram. But um, when I was in the army, you meet people who have a certain perspective that don't make no sense to you, right? Why would you vote this way? Why would you support this one? Why do you do that? Why do you react this way? But you'll actually find if you actually communicate with people, there's always a reason why people do what they do. And it just might not have never crossed your mind. And so I always tell people, you know, don't judge people and, you know, what they do and how they move when you don't know, you know, their life story. And one of the examples I always use when I preach, right? You have a girl, she got two baby daddies or something like that and a bunch of kids. And then you have some woman looking at it like, mm, I would never do that. You know, she out here doing this, doing this. But what mm -hmm. they don't see is she was getting molested at three or four years old, right? So that that messed her up. And so right. now she's 18, 19, looking for a way to get out the house, looking for a way to, you know, and people are judging the way that, they, that she moves and the mistakes she's made when the reality is they might not even survive if they had to live a day in her shoes. So for me... When people vote a certain way, think a certain way, you know what I'm saying? I try to just, let me get to know this person for myself before I make, you know, assumptions. And you can apply that to um, crime. You can apply that to police officers. I, that's another example I could use, right? So I was in the Army. I was in Iraq and uh, in Baghdad, and we used to have to, like, pat people down at the gate. And so every day I'm thinking, man, these dudes could blow me up, right? Mm -hmm. So I was alert. And in my mind, this is me being honest. I want to go home to my family. So I'm going to get you before you get me. But at the same time, you have to have discipline. So the way the, the, the Army had it set up, it was like 
pretty much they had to shoot at you first before you could even respond. They wanted you to shoot a flare. They wanted you to wave your hands, like all kinds of stuff. Right. And I think it's I think it's sad how um, they hold people in the army to a higher standard than they do, you know, like the police when it comes to dealing with civilians in America. Like if we messed up in the army when we was overseas, you going to jail. But the reality is like I have my uniform, I have my weapon. So when people came in and they didn't respect my authority, mm -hmm. it put me on edge because I'm like, you see this gun, you see my uniform. So why are you acting, you know, suspicious? It's the same thing like. People judge police police officers, but you never had to be a cop. So, right. you know, you got the uniform, you got the authority, and somebody acting crazy with you, that's going to set off a warning. But if you've never been a cop, you've never been in the Army, you just think, you know, whatever. So that's why I tell people, don't judge nobody unless mm -hmm. you really take the time to get to know them. Don't judge no job or no position until you actually sit in the seat. You know, I think, that's, yourself. I think that's so important that you brought that up because what a lot of people don't understand is that their livelihood depends on making it home in one piece. You know, right. um, a lot of the decisions they make is based on behavior. And they learn from previous behaviors that they've seen. So when you show up showing the same behaviors of a person that may have shot at them, of course they're going to be on edge. Of course they're going to be paranoid. And they're going to act out a certain way because they remember the last time probably when they didn't and what happened. Um, so right, but that, that goes that goes vice versa too. So absolutely. cops cops gotta understand, like I've I've had so many bad incidences with cops in Chicago growing up. I get pulled over today, I still get nervous. Right. You so know? how do we so, fix that? That how do we fix that? Honestly, like, you know, people education it, it's actually a sad. I don't think it's gonna be fixed because here's the thing, people actually like to believe what they wanna believe. One thing that I learned is people don't love the truth. And the Bible says that. The Bible says in the last days, people are going to have tickle ears. They're not going to want to hear the truth. Like, people like to believe the narratives that they want. And so I tell people, you know, unfortunately, because people are like that, one thing for, like, self-care, you got to learn, man, I can't, I can't argue with people who are dedicated to misunderstanding me. I can't try to get somebody to see the truth who clearly don't want to see the truth. They want to be right. A lot of people, they don't want the truth. They want their truth. Like, so right. I've met, right. I've met, I've met so many people. They like, they don't even care if they right or wrong. They want you to respect how they feel. You know what I'm saying? How one. you feel, how you feel could be based off a wrong perspective. How you feel could be based on a lack of education, you know? And that's, that's a bad thing in society. That's deep. That's deep. And you know, that works in relationships as well. You know, when it comes to respecting how other people feel, a lot of people just want to be heard at the end of the day. When, when people feel like, their voice isn't being valued and they're not being heard, a lot of times they get to a de default setting where they're just being defensive. And when you're in that state of being defensive, you're not opening to listening to new knowledge. You're not opening to listening to anything because you already feel like the other person is not valuing, valuing your opinion from the gate. You know, um, so that's a big deal, man. So moving forward, you know, Christianity, the world has their own perspective on what it is to be a Christian. And what I've been hearing a lot recently, there's something called the New Age Christianity. Um, I want you to do me a favor and elaborate on, in your mind, what is New Age Christianity versus just Christianity in general as a whole in the body of Christ? Well, let's put it this way. Anything that's not based, you know, on uh, Bible is demonic because then it's not based on the truth of God. So. 
this new age Christianity, it comes in a lot of different forms, but basically God is supposed to be the potter and we're supposed to be the clay. We're supposed to submit to God's will, but people have made, you know, God the clay and they're the potter. So they make God fit around their feelings, their emotions, their desire. Uh, you know, they want the preacher to be like a DJ, like, you know, hey, play, play this, preach this, preach this, you know what I'm saying? And so a lot of people for Christianity, it is no uh, accountability. Um, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. So people got a cross necklace, they got a cross tattoo, but they don't really carry a cross, which means you dying to yourself, you dying to your flesh. Um, mm. And he, Jesus, Jesus says, even, you know, he who does not take up his cross is not worthy of me. So many people, they have a Christianity uh, that the Bible talks about. They serve me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Timothy right. says they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof, meaning that, okay, you go to church, you sing the songs, you post some stuff on Facebook, but you're not changing, you're not transforming. Now, nobody's perfect, but you got a Christianity. Nowadays, it's not like when I grew up as a kid. I mean, there's always fake people. You know, there's always going to be hypocrites and stuff, but people are so comfortable nowadays, like, they just live however they want to live. They act just like the world, move just like the world, talk just like the world, uh, but that I'm a Christian. But there's no difference between you and the world. And so that clearly goes against what the Bible says. Now, let me say this. Nobody's perfect. The Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says nobody could be justified by the law. So that means nobody, not T.D. Jake, Stephen Furtrick, Creflo, any preacher you can name, everybody got flaws. But the difference is, you know, are you working on it? Are you fighting, you know what I'm saying, to, to try to be different, to die daily? Most, this new Christianity, they don't want to be held accountable. They don't want nobody to check them. They don't want nobody to tell them they're wrong. They don't want nobody to tell them to do better, you know what I'm saying? And then there's even... The Bible says rebellion is this witchcraft. Mm -hmm. So then people really start tapping into that witchcraft. And I've seen some crazy stuff with that, the, the crystals and the rocks and praying to the universe and manifesting and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. You know, all of that's a form of witchcraft, regardless of how you look at it. Because I believe right. in studying the origin of how things started, you know. Um, and, and when you really go down and you trace it all the way back to day one, you will start to find a lot of things you do not know Starting on certain principles, do. Because you see, think about deception is you're not supposed to understand. You're not supposed to see it. You're not supposed to know it's wrong. You're supposed to believe it's right. Because when a person is being deceived, then they're truly deceived when they really believe they're right. And in that sense of this is justified. You know, that's what, that's what the devil wants to do. You know, he wants to deceive people. And just like in the military, when you wear camo, you know, camouflage, you're supposed to blend in. You know, you're not supposed to stand out because if you stand out, then it's obvious. Because when you when someone does a good job of deceiving you, it's hard to understand the difference between the two. Um, right. So as far as the current state of Christianity and getting us all on one page and, and moving in unity, um, what are some of the things you think needs to take place so that way we can all walk on one accord? I would say the biggest thing is to test the spirit by the spirit, you know what I'm saying? Because, man, here's the thing, right? If you look at the Bible, you have Peter and Paul, the two biggest apostles that everybody knows. They didn't agree on everything. Matter of fact, they was arguing so bad, I believe at one point, Paul was like, yo, I'm about to pull up on Peter and I'm about to check him. And then I believe it was another one, it was Mark. And they was fighting so bad, they went their separate ways. 
And so mm-hmm. Christians got to learn to agree to disagree. The Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, but people don't want to agree to disagree. So this is society, period. People want to be able to put you in a box, right? Because that makes people feel comfortable. And so when people break outside of that box, you know, people don't like that. For example, when the Black Lives Matter movement was really, you know, strong, people wanted you either all the way in or on the other side, they want you to, the cop is always right. The cop is never right. If a black person gets shot, the black person is always right, no matter no matter what they did. And they don't want you to be in that middle ground. Like, so this mm-hmm. is me. I, I test everything on a case-by-case basis. People don't like that. It's the same thing with Christianity. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that I have to dis- uh, subscribe to your denomination. Like, hey, I'm, I'm Pentecostal, I'm Baptist, I'm this to be saved. All I got to do is be born again. If you're born again, you're in the kingdom. So people be arguing about all this stuff in the Bible that it's not a heaven or hell issue. But it's like, mm-hmm. hey, if you don't let me put you in this box, then I can't rock with you. It's almost like we got gangs in the church. Yeah. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. Let alone we still got black churches, white churches. You know, that don't make no sense, especially like in the city, because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men of the meat. So if Jesus is really getting lifted up in your church and the Bible is true, you should be having white people, Hispanic people, drug addicts, poor people, rich people, people from all different walks of life. If that's not the case, something else is being lifted up in your church because the Bible ain't no lie. The word of God is true. So, the, you know, the bottom line is people in Christianity, we got to learn to agree to disagree and just be like, all right, that's not really a heaven or hell issue. So let's let the fruits of the spirit, you know what I'm saying, just keep us together in love and point people to Jesus. And if people are really sincere, the Bible says one plant the seed, another waters, but God brings the increase. And just leave it at that and let God do his job. Absolutely, man. That was deep. You know, uh, before we did this interview, I actually asked a couple of the people um, some questions for you. And, and whatever questions that they had, I wanted them to ask me so I can present it to you. And one of the questions I got from somebody, they were trying to figure out um, how do you determine or how can you see the fruit of somebody and what they're doing so that way you know that you're not being deceived. Like when you go to a church, how do you know if the pastor is legit or is he hustling? Because you see a lot of trust issues is going on in the church. And and I feel like that's a trend. You know, some people believe you go to church, the pastor just want to get your money and then that's it and it's over. You know, Um, so there's a lot of people I find that are in the world that are turned off from church because of that, you know? And so how do you tell the difference when you walk in to a building? Um, do you know the, the pastor is real or not? You know, how can you tell? There's a couple ways. First thing I want to say about, you know, with the money thing, the church do be funny with money. I, I do not, I can't stand churches where um, they take those 30 minute, 40 minute offerings and all that kind of stuff. Um, and this is what I tell people. If you preach good and God is moving, people are going to want to give. So if you like, if you come to Firehouse, we don't even have, at the end of the service, they know where the box is. I say, hey, if you want to give, you can give. And they always give, you know, when it's, it helps pay the rent. And so that, that's why I tell people, you, you only got to beg people if your church ain't really, you ain't really moving like you're supposed to be moving. Like if the spirit of God is there, people going to want to give. They're going to want to bless you know, the ministry. So I, I want to say that, but I'll say this, for example, like, um, so I call it like, you know, you go into the prayer closet and you spend that private time with God 
And when you spend time in the prayer closet, you get to learn how God speaks. You know how he talks to you. You know how his spirit moves. And I tell people, it's like God almost has like a rhythm. Like when you really spend time with him, you learn to know his voice. And so you learn to discern, okay, is that my voice? Is that God's voice? Is that the devil's voice? And once you, you really spend time in this place, reading the word, praying, then when you step out, you can sense that rhythm. Like when I go into a church, nah, it's, that, that rhythm, no, because I know God for myself. And so right. that's the problem. A lot of people, they don't, they don't know God for themselves, right? People think, oh, because I'm good with the church, I'm good with God. False. They think because I'm good with religion, I'm good with God. False. They think because they're good with their pastor, they're good with God. False. And that's, that's really, if you really ask people, hey, when's the last time you read your Bible? When's the last time you really prayed? You'll find that most people, they're a Christian on Sunday. But Monday through Saturday, they don't seek God for themselves, and that's why they don't know. You know what I'm saying? So God, God has a rhythm to it, and once you learn it, you mm. can tell. You you can get on a Facebook. You can get. A, this is where people get mad at me. You know, cause I got I got the gummy bear Christianity is canceled, and I'd be pretty bold. I'd be like, Nah, that dude ain't it. You know uh -huh. what I'm saying? And people are like, Who are you to? I know because if you spend time with him, you can tell. Like if you really, if you really spend, I pray. I fast, and I don't mean that in a boastful way, but I pray and I fast. And anytime I come around another man of God, even if I know it's some stuff that me and him don't agree on, mm -hmm. you can tell he's been in the closet too because it's just a rhythm to how, you know, God moves. I got it's, you, like, so it's, like, it's like catching the heartbeat of God, I would say like that. I like that, catching the heartbeat of God. It's like you actually know the voice because you spend time to build that relationship. You see, I feel like religion... I don't, I don't have a religion. You know what I'm saying? I have a relationship with you. Right. Um, religion, I feel like it's man-made, you know, because it's all, of, it's all textbook and it's other people's interpretations of what they believe. This should be the way. This is how we have those issues in the different denominations of churches. And I only believe right. this over here. We don't believe over there. We don't believe in speaking in tongues in this church. We right. don't believe that is of God. It's their own interpretation of what they read in the Bible. And so right. I feel like when you have that relationship with Christ, he's going to be the one that you're getting that download from through the Holy Spirit. Christ. And so a lot of people aren't getting that download because they're not connected. Just like on the internet, you can't surf the web unless you're connected. You know what I'm saying? So you can, you can learn about other things from other people, but it's important for you to be connected and have that personal relationship with Jesus. So I feel like that's, yeah. a, that's the gap that a lot of people are missing out on. And a lot of people, bro, they got head knowledge, right? So they, they can be like, man, I know the Bible from the front to the back. I, I, I know what the, the Hebrew is. I know what the Greek is. But that don't mean they know God because you can know the Bible and not know the author. So you, if you look at the New Testament, the Pharisees, those was the religious folks. So they was doing all the religious stuff. They had the Torah, the first five books memorized. Like they had to memorize it. They had all that memorized and still didn't know who Jesus was when Jesus pulled up. To the point where these dudes who were so religious was trying to kill Jesus. It, if you if you go read the story, it wasn't even the worldly people. It was the religious folks who were supposed to know the word. So if you look at it today, that's another thing that I tell people to peep out. When I hear people talking about uh, heresy and people be throwing around that term wolf in sheep's clothing just because somebody disagree with you, you know what I'm saying? Usually those people are like modern day. Pharisees, and it, and if you read your Bible, all you got to do is like, let me see, 
who are these guys acting more like? Are they acting like the apostles? Are they acting like Jesus? Are they acting like these dudes who was always trying to trap Jesus, question Jesus, manipulate Jesus? So we still got that going on today. They could tell you the Bible from the front to the back. They could tell you what's wrong with this video, this preacher, this teacher, but they don't know God at all. Right. Absolutely. Um, you just made a post recently on YouTube, and it was about um, how the church is fighting against each other. You know, the religions are fighting against each other. You fight your own brother in Christ, your own sister in Christ. Can you elaborate on that and what you meant by that? It's really difficult because of of the internet, you know what I'm saying? So everybody got a voice, everybody got an opinion. So one thing that I learned, and this is, a, this is something I still fight with because I want unity, but nothing you do is gonna be good enough for Christians, but as long as it's good enough for God, it don't matter, right? So I thought, you know, when I was coming up, man, I'm doing everything, right? I said, okay, I'm, I saw how they would critique other preachers like, oh, Joe Osteen only preaches nice things. He don't preach repentance. This one only does it. So when I came up, I'm like, okay, sometimes I'm going to motivate. Sometimes I'm going to correct. Sometimes I'm going to step on toes. Sometimes I'm going to be, uh, you know, inspirational. I'm going to make sure that I preach. Like I, I would street preach. I'm going to make sure that I feed the homeless. Um, I'm building schools. Uh, but no matter what you do, it, it doesn't matter what you do. There's always going to be a group of Christians that attack you who ain't even doing half of the things that you're doing. And another example I could give you, right, there's not one preacher that I can name on this uh, interview right now that everybody would agree with. It don't matter who it is. Like, if I name one name, people are going to start arguing, oh, that dude's fake, this one's fake, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, hopefully what my goal is, and I, so far it's worked for me pretty well, I mm -hmm. trust the spirit by the spirit. I can always tell, like, okay, this this man, the guy is genuine. He's not in it for the money. He's not in it for the fame. One of the problems we have in Christianity is too many uh, cornballs, like representing the kingdom, right? It's a lot of dudes who they they never they never got no girls. They never did this, and so then they become a preacher and they mm -hmm. get a little fame, and that's why they're sleeping around. Or you get these dudes who are like these little college little nerds. And then they try to rap and have like this gangster thing. And so people see that stuff as fake. You know what I'm saying? And that's why like real dudes, that's why you don't see a lot of real dudes rocking with the church like that because they they really from the streets. And a lot of these dudes is fraudulent. You know what I'm saying? So I believe that God is going to uh, continue to expose and like, I don't know, like a lot, like people be butt kissing in Christianity. Like I've talked to everybody you can think of. I ain't about to kiss nobody's butt. Because to me, God opens doors that no man can shut. So I don't right. have to go through the gatekeepers in the gospel industry. Um, I don't got to bow down and do what you want or water down the message. What you see, you know, go look at most of these Christian artists. The only time they take a stand for anything is a stand that the world approves of. You never hardly see any of them taking a stand that's going to make their worldly friends mad at them. That's going to make people start attacking them. Like, every time they take a stand or they make a post, it's the same thing that the world is talking about. And that's right. cool. That's right. that's cool sometimes. But I'd be like, man, when are you ever going to take a stand? Jesus said they're going to hate you for my name's sake. But people be, they be ducking, they be dodging, and then they be act, trying to act like they real and beating their chest. You're not, right. you're not as real as you can. And that's why people don't like me, because I tell them, like, you're not as real as you 
you you around a bunch of cornballs who like gassing you up and not telling you the truth about yourself. But I think God is changing that man. I see him like in Chicago and Baltimore. It, it's something about those the, the dudes who come from that uh, that that street background that just makes them entirely different. And God is saving them. And right. so it's like it's almost like they're coming in and they're flipping tables and you know. So it's crazy, you know. And then, you know, another thing about that is that a lot of people can relate to those kind of people, you know, the stories that they've been through. I always tell people, like, if you're from the streets and you was born and raised in that environment, the harsh environment of having to be on survival mode 24-7, and, you know, everyone around you is getting shot and killed and locked up, when you are trying to change your life around, it's going to take that certain individual that can relate to you to make you even want to stop and listen. Because right. if someone with a silver spoon walk up to you and like, hey, man, you need to change your life around. You don't need to do that. The first thing you're going to say is, what have you been through to tell me I don't need to do this? You know, and it's a certain level of being able to relate with somebody that causes them to listen. You know, and so God can take whatever situation you've gone through and really turn it around for good. Regardless of how low you was at the bottom, he can bring you up. Because he was there with you the whole time and he's just trying to get you to see it. You know, right. and once you see it, all of a sudden you see that light at the end of the tunnel and you just walk towards it and you never look back. And so a lot of people haven't seen that, been in that situation where they really needed God the way they really need him every day. But when you do get in that situation, there's nothing that's going to stop. You know, your faith is going to be concrete. Everything about you is going to be, I, I know. You can't, you can't convince me otherwise because of the experiences I've been through how he got me through those. I know it wasn't nobody else, you know? Um, and so some people have not had those experiences where they didn't have nobody else to call on but God yet. You know what I'm saying? And they always had a crutch. But when those tests come, it's always for a reason. You know, um, even in my situation with me almost dying in the hospital on a ventilator for 12 days, you know, unless I told you, you wouldn't even know, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, when I was in that situation, all of a sudden, God became so important. You get what I'm saying? All of a sudden, your life became less important. What you what you felt in that moment about your future became less important. The only thing that was important in that moment is, am I going to make it out of this hospital? You know, the only thing that was important in that moment is, what are my levels looking like? You know, um, and, and how many things that I wish I would accomplish or I would have done differently. That's not the time to really get your life right. That's not the time to really start making life decisions. Okay, like you need to do this while you're healthy. You need to do this while you're well, while you are out here able to make moves. Because that's when God really needs you. He needs you right now, not tomorrow, not when you're in your hospital bed asking for a favor. You know what I'm saying? So I think everyone has that moment where they go through things in their life where there is no doubt and God shows up whether you believe in him or not. And see, that's the thing. When he does that, you have no excuse. You get what I'm saying? Like, you have no excuse. God does not turn his back on you. Regardless if you treat him right or not, he don't turn his back on you. He's always there because that's the reason you have breath. That's the reason you're still breathing. You're breathing right now because God is giving you another chance. Whatever it is you're going through, he's giving you another opportunity to get it right. So it's up to you what you're going to do with it. But Here's the thing. If you die in that situation, there will be no excuse. You had every opportunity. 
every time, every chance, every moment, every breath was another opportunity to get your life right. And even when you played around and you put God on the back end or the back burner, he sat right there and he looked at you and said, all right, I understand you're not ready right now, but look, we're going I'm not giving up on you. You might have gave up on yourself. You might have gave up and went straight to drugs. You might have went to addiction, whatever it is in your life that you went to, you're looking for a quick release. He stood right there with you through that whole process. He let you try it for yourself and show you that it won't gonna make you better. And now you were sitting there, you done crumbled your whole life apart. You've been stuck and you've been strung out on drugs and now your whole life fell apart. You're homeless, you're in the street corner. Now you feel like nobody cares about you. And then one day you look up and you realize God still loves you. And then in that moment, you realize, what am I doing? This is not what I need. But you see, God allowed you to go through that process. That was the process that it took for you to get to where you need to be today. So there's a lot of times I always try to explain to people that you go through a process. And it's just like when something's cooking in the oven, you got to get it seasoned properly. You got to put the right temperature up there. For you, that's might would have been what it took. But God is willing to do what it takes. You get what I'm saying? He's willing to do what it takes and allow it to happen, allow what needs to happen to get you where you need to be at because that's how much he loves you. At the end of the day, people have to be reminded that he loves you so much that he gave up his only son so that way you can have life eternally, forever and ever. So I like to say the scripture that way because we always say it's for God to love the world so much. But I think what's important to remember is that God could have created another world with no problem. But he only made one of you. That was it. He only made one of you. Anything else would have been a duplicate. It was only one of you. So at the end of the day, God loves you that much, that he's willing to go through the most to give you that opportunity to be with him forever. So that is something that's very deep, and um, I hold that close to me because once you truly understand and you truly get a, a, a glimpse of how much his love is for you, you look at life completely different. When you truly understand how much he's done for you already, not, for, not, not so much for what he's going to do for you, but what he's already done for you, then you have a whole different outlook on life. And then that's why there are those people that are sold out for Christ and, you know, willing to do the most because they get it. You get what I'm saying? So a lot of people haven't got to that level where they truly understand it yet. They truly, they, they dancing around it. They near, they close, they warm, they warm, they're getting there. But they haven't truly grasped it yet. You know, and that moment when you have that breakthrough and you truly get it, that's when things really start changing, not only your life, but the people lives around you. And that's always been the goal, is to help others around you. You know, once you get on the boat, it's not just for you. You got to get other people on board, you know, um, because the world is sinking, the world is drowning, but you got to get people in the ark with you. You know, and so I say all of that just to say we all have to keep that mindset on. It's not about us. You know, I know we got our goals. We got our careers. We got our futures. We plan out things that we want to get accomplished. But God has to always be first. He has to. So whatever else happens, it has to follow suit. But God has to be first, you know, and that's just my perspective of it. Now, that's how you know, that's how you know God is real, too, man, because. No matter how, what life people live, when they get on that deathbed, 
they wondering, man, is it about to be something after this? Like anybody who's had a near-death experience, they'll tell you, man, my whole life flying before your eyes. And that's how you know every living being has the fingerprint of God on their soul because something in you, I don't care if you ignore God your whole life and you 99 years old laying on that deathbed, you're going to lay there and something inside of you is going to say, is this it for me? And that's mm-hmm. God. That's the fingerprint of God on your life. So you could ignore it your whole life, but it's like something in you automatically is wondering, there's got to be something else, and that's God. Absolutely. And you know deep down inside, you know, I feel like everyone who try to disregard faith, try to disregard it, at some point hit a crossroad where they either accept or they deny. And a lot of people, what I find, that when they choose to deny Christ, when they choose to not accept and reject, that's when they want to get other people on board. That's when they want to turn down what you believe more, and they're passionate about doing it because they know if they can make you feel like you're not dealing with the real deal, it justifies the way they feel. So a lot of people don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in hell. So now they feel like, okay, that means when I die, at least it's over. But as long as they're living, they're trying to convince other people to get on board and feel the way that they do because they're not confident because they know they have doubt. They know deep down inside that this isn't the truth. You know, the science is all around them. You know, um, science to me doesn't prove anything other than what God is already doing. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people look at science like, oh, that wasn't, you know, back in the day, it was a, it was a storm. You know, that wasn't God. They didn't know that. But at the end of the day, you really want to argue with proof. In fact, I'm not the one to argue with God. And a lot of people pick that fight on a daily basis. Um, and that's not a fight you're going to win ever. So now let's talk a little bit about how your music, how you kind of used it and developed it in a way to attract more people to the kingdom of God. Let's talk about that because there's a lot of controversy when it comes to that. Um, the Bible says in Colossians that all things were created by God and for God, that all things consist and exist by him, all powers, all principalities, all things in earth and under heaven. So number one, people got to understand that, and they don't like this, but this is what the Bible says. God created everything. So in the beginning, it was just God. There was no evil. There was no bad. There's no nothing. And people get mad when I say God created evil. But this is why the Bible says what? That uh, lean not to your own understanding. You don't understand why God does what he does. Because the Bible also says he's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning of him. God created time and space. He exists outside of time and space. So, you know, I try to explain that to people. Like, God is literally, he was by himself. And then he spoke and he created time and space. So he sits at the beginning of time and he sits at the end of the time and he sees everything. So he's all knowing. He's Alpha and Omega. So when he put the tree in the garden, he knew they was going to eat. He knew Satan was going to do what he was going to do. But they don't create anything. They just pervert it. So Mm -hmm. with music, with anything else, right, Facebook, Instagram, you can use it for good. You can use it for bad. It's all about, you know, the heart behind it as long as you're not doing nothing that contradicts the scripture. And so with rap music, uh, religious people, they don't like this, but the reality is I've seen the fruit of it. I've seen people rapping something that just bring them to tears because it connect with that spirit, man. And so, you know, 
when you go to a movie theater, you sit in that seat and you're in receive mode. Whatever comes through that screen, you're allowing it to go through your eye gates. You're allowing it to go through your ear gates. So there's going to be pictures. There's going to be images that stick. You go watch a horror movie and you see something real crazy, it's going to stick with you, that image. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with rap. I'm planting a seed. That music comes, that melody comes, you know. Jesus Christ came, and, and, and you singing that, it's going to hit you, and it's going to change your mentality. So it's just another tool. Um, some people, they can't get down with, you know, like the, the old gospel songs or, you know, the, 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 the I hate to say it like this, but like uh, Hillsong, Bethel, you know, the more white people kind of music. They can't listen to that. But yeah. then you, you give them something like Christian rap, it's like a language. Like you speak Spanish to someone, it's a language. And they you might not understand it. And that's what I'd be trying to get people to understand. It might not be for you. Everything ain't about you. But if it's working right. for this person, then it's working. So to me, it's just a tool like with anything else that we do. We do music. We try to do um, you know, the television shows with the puppets, try to open the school, try to do it's just any way I can win a soul, my favorite verse in the Bible, Paul says, I become all things to all men that I, that I might win them. So I could talk to you politics. I could talk to you Illuminati. I could talk to you sports. I could talk whatever you want to talk. I make sure that I research. So anybody that comes to me, I can interact with you and I can bring it back around to God somehow, some way. And have a good conversation, a dialogue that's being productive. I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love the way you expressed it as, it's like a language they understand because that made so much sense to me. You know, um, you know how people have different genres of music that they like to listen to naturally. Some people love country music. Some people mm -hmm. love pop music. Um, so, so for a person that's been born and raised and all they listen to is country music and then someone is singing on a song like a ballad and they're not, they're not used to that. So they might not even want to play it anymore. And so yeah. now that person is not even interested in even giving it an opportunity now what you're doing is creating an opportunity by giving them something that they can download in their language and understand. So now that they're able to understand, they're able to process. See, people process what they understand because that's how they relate to it. And so now when you're starting to process, okay, Jesus loves me. You know, you done heard it a hundred thousand times and people singing it on slow songs, but it didn't hit you the way it hit you because it wasn't in your language. You didn't understand it. Someone downloaded it, put it, translated it into your language, and now you connect with it instantly. And now it's the best thing to you, and you got a whole different perspective on life. So it definitely takes somebody to make that initiative, to make that bold move um, in that direction, because at the end of the day, what are we here for? We're not here to help save the people that's already been saved. We're here right. to help the people that's lost. You know, and I think a lot of people have to be constantly reminded of that. Um, it, it's so many people that are quick to judge a book by its cover. They're quick to look at you in one video and the 60 second clip and say, oh, that person is going to send everyone to hell. This person is leading everyone wrong. They don't even want to take the time to see the fruit that's in the basket. They're just going to look in one direction and make a whole judgment call and turn the other way. And then the, here's the bad part. Not only do they make a judgment call, but they actually turn other people off too. They don't, it's not enough for them to feel personally a certain type of way. They gotta go and spread the rumors. They gotta go and spread the lies and start making other people decisions for them. You know, other people might ask about them and, and say, nah, 
don't go to that person. You know, uh, that person ain't, that ain't the one right there. You right. know, it's, you ever had a situation where someone had talked down on somebody so much and you had never met this person before? And the first time you oh, met them, it was like you already had a certain bias and like you try your best not to listen to what everyone else said and give them that opportunity. But at the same time, it's almost like it's an instant front. It's like a cover sheet. It's already there. And then when you actually talk to this person, you realize, man, this person is is, is highly misunderstood. You know, um, they they're not they're not what everyone said they were. You know, the, those people got to mess up. You know, at the end of the day, because you actually you actually took the time to get to know that individual. And so I encourage people to do the same. Don't look at a book by its cover. Don't judge somebody from a distance because I don't care what clothes you got on. None of that's going to go with you to heaven anyway. You know, at the end of the day, we need to look at the heart of people, you know, nice. and, and and their actions. That's how you know somebody. Um, a lot of times people are looking at the appearances, but they're not looking at what that person is actually doing deep down inside, the progress that that person is making. It's so easy to look at somebody that's growing and saying they're not where they need to be. But this whole thing is a process. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to start from somewhere. We're all in a growing process. The only issue I see a lot of people have is they stay stuck. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's when you stop growing. That's where you get to a place where I feel comfortable. So I'm going to stay here. I'm going to build my house. I'm going to build a tent. And I'm going to set up camp. And this is where I'm going to be. And then that growing process stops. You always have to go to the next level. It's always a process. Even when you die and go to heaven, I believe you're going to still be learning. Whatever you don't learn here, you're going to learn up there. It's always going to be a growing process. Um, so, everyone, this is Marcus Rogers. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I, I just, I just want, I just want to say one thing to clarify because I saw some of the comments. Uh, I don't okay. want people to misconstrue what I was saying. So. Colossians, the Bible says God creates everything, right? But God is all-knowing. So, yes, he created the devil knowing that the devil was, or he created Lucifer knowing Lucifer was going to become what he was going to become. And that's the problem right there. That's hard for humans to understand, like, why would you do that? He could have made us robots, and he could have made us serve him. But then it wouldn't have really been worship. It wouldn't have really been love. So he gave us free will to choose, knowing, think this is how much Jesus, you know, loves us. This is not God so loved the world, he sent his only God son. If he's all-knowing, that means he sent his son knowing some people was going to reject it. Mm -hmm. Go through all that beating, all that. And so it's like, you be sitting there like, man, God, why would you? God ain't you. That's the problem. Stop trying to fit God in your box. So I think the Bible even, there's a verse where, man, I wish I had my Bible with me where it says, I create good and evil. But see, people, this is where you find out people don't know God. People mm -hmm. think, they think Jesus was just some hippie. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they think that, that Jesus was just kumbaya, love everybody. And, and this is what I tell people, you love the lamb, but do you love the lion? Because God in the Old Testament was killing people and flooding the earth. And Jesus is coming back, and he's throwing people in hell. And people say, oh, Jesus ain't throwing nobody in hell. When Jesus died, he went and got from hell the death, uh, the keys to death in the grave. Mm -hmm. So the Bible says people are going to go, and he's going to say, uh, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. So, yes, he is going to send people. He's going to say, depart from me. So, you know, we have free will, all right? And you... you <sighs> 
you got to understand, like, that's why he says, my ways are not your ways. My mm. thoughts are not your thoughts. God knows from the beginning, from the end, and he already knows how the story ends. All he's looking for us to do is trust him. That's it. He, when he says, hey, all things are working together for your good, he's like, look, I knew you from the beginning. I'm standing at the end, and I'm with you in the middle because time and space don't contain me. I'm everywhere at all times in all places. So all God is really looking for is like, I don't want you to understand. That's why the Bible, the Bible says great is the mystery of godliness. So people are like, man, God didn't create you. You know where people get in trouble, bro? And I, I'm going to leave it here. People try to act like they got God figured out. And the Bible says pride goes before a fall. That's the problem. When, when, when I talk to somebody and they try to act like they know everything about God and it got, God only moves. This is why we have denominations, right? So Moses, God pulled up on him and spoke to him through the burning bush. And then David, he's in the field, you know, feeling the presence of God. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. So what happens is Moses, you know, he'll create the, the first burning bush Baptist church. And then David will create the Lord is my shepherd church. And then people say, oh, he's not a shepherd. He only speaks through the burning bush. So that's why you got Baptist. You got Pentecost. They say, no, God only moves like this. No, that's how God moves to get to you. So people create a whole denomination or a doctrine based off of their experiences and stuff. And that's not the case. Study for yourself. That's deep. That's real deep right there, man. So listen, if anyone is in here, I hope you guys were... You, first of all, I'm, I don't want to say I hope. You guys were definitely here for a reason. Because we tried to go live earlier and it was not working. So for whatever reason, we were meant to go live right here, right now, in this very moment, so you could be here and catch what was just said. Um, is there anything else you want to leave for the people that's watching? Nah, bless you guys. I would love to do it again sometime. Um, we'll probably even get a little bit deeper in the conversation. I know it's probably some crazy questions. Uh, people people want to ask, and I'm all for it. <laughs> I definitely got one more question for you, and I don't want my wife for to get mad. <laughs> so sure. she wants you to explain, what do you mean by gummy bear Christian? Explain that. Uh, so I'll put it this way, right? So I looked at a gummy bear, and, you know, if you put a little pressure on it, you smush it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? It, you can you can you can you can stretch it, you can tear it. It's just real, it's real flip-flop, it's real bendy, it don't got no backbone. So a lot of people, um, they don't want to take a stand. Uh, and in order to take a stand, you gotta have a backbone. You have to know, hey, people are gonna persecute me, people are gonna talk about me. So what people have done is they say, Oh, it's wisdom. They mm -hmm. don't want to admit that they are punk. They don't want to admit that they don't want the backlash, right? And so they say, man, it's wisdom. No, it's you afraid. So you're a gummy bear Christian. If Jesus said, hey, they're going to hate you for my name's sake. If Jesus said, you know what, um, come out of the world. Why are you trying to be in the world? Why are you So it's like this soft gummy bear Christianity. And then if I come check you, you want to cry. If I come check you, you want to say, um, you know, oh, this guy crazy. He just wild. It just take all of that. So your, your Christianity is soft. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'll put it that way. And if you look at the Bible, Every real man of God, they was about that life. If you look, if you actually look at how them dudes moved in the Bible and mm -hmm. how we move today, if, G if Jesus walked in a lot of people, these churches, he wouldn't even know what he, he'd be like, man, what is this? Absolutely. There's some of the stuff we do that ain't got nothing to do with God or the Bible. It's just some, some soft stuff. That's why, the, that's why the American church is handicapped. Most American churches is gummy bear. You go to Africa, you go to these other places, they know like, man, if I pop this Bible open, they, they might kill me. You got people right. in Africa walking miles barefoot in the heat to get in church. And over here in America, don't let church go too long. 
you gummy bear, you soft. Right. Absolutely. I get it. And I, I have one question from the chat. I don't want nobody to feel like I overlooked that question, so I want to ask it for you. Someone said, if I'm 17 years old and I'm recently um, starting to fast, do you believe God is pleased? That's of course. Now, of course. Now, the thing is, the Bible said, when you fast, I was always taught you want to pray also. Jesus said some things only come out by fasting and praying. So some people, you know, they, they treat God like a genie in a bottle. The only time they pray is when they need something. But fasting, it kills the flesh. It moves the veil of the flesh, right? Mm -hmm. And so it makes it easier for you to hear from God. It makes you, because the, the Bible says the flesh and the spirit are at war with one another. So the whole reason you fast is not to just say, I fast. Like some people, right, they act like when they read their Bible, they're doing God a favor. They act right. like when they say that little five-minute prayer before they go to bed, they're doing God a favor. No, you need to pray. It benefits you. You need to fast. It benefits you. You need to worship. It benefits you. So the reason you fast, you know, make sure that you're you're doing it not to just say, oh, I fasted. Get in that private place with God and don't always talk. You can pray, but then just listen. David talked about meditating a lot. I ain't talking about that weird stuff that people took that and they perverted in the world. David would sit and he would meditate on the goodness of God, meditate on the presence of God, meditate on the word of God. And the Bible says, a man, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. So when you fast, you're killing that flesh and you're saying, Lord, created me a clean heart, renewing mm -hmm. me a right spirit. Get me back. I'm trying to get my flesh out of the way so I can hear from you better. You know, that's why you fast. Absolutely. Well, I receive it, brother. I definitely appreciate you for taking the time out your day. We definitely got to do this again. It was awesome. Yeah, we got to run it back. We definitely got to run it back. Instagram tried to stop us earlier, y'all, but we did not <laughs> allow it to win. You know, uh, we definitely kept going. I texted him. I said, let's go. Let's make the double mad. And I definitely believe we succeeded in that right now. So I appreciate you for your time. Thank you for everyone that tapped in on the live. You can always follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. It's called King Legend Talks. You want the rerun of this, we're going to be posting it on the YouTube as well. So definitely stay tuned. We got more good stuff coming for you. Thank you again, Marcus Rogers, for your time. And we're looking forward to the album. We're looking forward to it. It's coming soon. Appreciate you, bro. All right. Y'all take it easy. Thank you so much for making it all the way through another great episode of King Legend Talks. I truly hope you feel motivated to go out and make your dreams come true. If you would like to stay notified on what's happening next and stay connected within the community, please follow the host on social media at KingLegend757 or visit our official website where you will find the video version of this interview at www.KingLegendTalks.com. Thank you so much for your support and may God continue to bless you.